Hi, I'm Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. This podcast is about all things related to honest health and wellness, eating disorder recovery, lifestyle stuff, and more. I want to share my personal experience along with interviewing amazing guests to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. I've honestly always had a hard time allowing myself the dessert. If you have to, let's get real and take the cake. Take the Cake is about informing, inspiring, and educating you. It's not intended to diagnose or treat anything. It's simply for your entertainment, and I just want to give a trigger warning to anyone who is easily triggered by topics centered around disordered eating and stuff like that. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. Today, we have a friend of mine. His name is Kai Moya. He is from Hawaii. He is great. He's an amazing person, and I am so honored to have him on the show. He is somebody I met on set not that long ago in Joshua Tree. And, you know, there's a lot of downtime on set, right? So you get to know the people that you're shooting with, and, you know, you're kind of forced to get to know them because you're like, taking pictures with them. You're like, hello. We got to know each other. And he was really open with me about having a history with body image issues and exercise addiction and some OCD. So I was like, oh my gosh, Kai, can you please be on my podcast? Because I just think his voice is really important. I think his story needs to be heard. And it's so encouraging. He's just really encouraging. And um, I'm just really grateful for him being on the show. And Yeah, like I said, we talk about his childhood and, you know, growing up as an athlete. We talk about the pressures he had from that. We talked about how that affected his body image and um, how that manifested in his diet and lifestyle. Um, And then we talk a little bit about men um, and disordered eating and how it's not really that common that we see men, people who identify as men coming out with having body image issues. So we talk a little bit about that stigma and um, his take on it. So I'm just so excited for you guys to hear our conversation. I hope that you enjoy the show. And yeah, without further ado, here is Kai Moya. I am so happy that you're joining us today. I feel like really our paths crossed at a really great time. And if you guys don't know that are listening, um, Kai and I met on set not that long ago in Joshua Tree, and we got to know each other just from sitting around and waiting to shoot. And he agreed to be on the podcast after we talked about some stuff. So I'm just really honored that you're here and grateful um, that you're here with me today. Thank you. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. It's an honor to be on here and we can talk about some good things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Okay. So... I already know about you because I got to know you on set, but nobody else knows about you here. So if you could start off by just giving a brief background, I know a little bit about like how you were an athlete growing up. So yeah, just take it away. Maybe just give us an idea of what brought you here and maybe even a little bit about how you got in the industry and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, um, I am born and raised, uh, from the island of Oahu in Hawaii. So uh, that's really cool. And then I moved to the mainland. Um, so which is like 
North America area. I uh, went to Washington for college. And so I went there for a couple of years. And, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life, like you said, year-round sports, baseball, football, basketball, wrestling, boxing, everything. Okay. Um, went on to college and played college sports for two years. And it was great. I loved it. You know, I met my best friend there. I have a lot of great friends there. Um, but it was just something in the back of my mind that I was kind of just like, okay, this is cool. You know, I'm meeting a lot of cool people. I'm loving the sports and the school is fine and all that. But I, I just knew what I wanted to do in the back of my head. I knew exactly what I wanted. And like, I kind of looked around and all of my peers were like, you know, we're just trying to figure it out. We don't actually know what we want to do and whatever. And I was like, I'm different because I know exactly what I want to do, but I'm not doing it. So that kind of just hit me one time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, um, I'm going to drop out, <laughs> which is <laughs> very, a very, very uh, crazy conversation with my parents and family. They were not happy with that decision. They opposed. Um, and I just knew it was like my senior year in high school that I told myself I was, I really wanted to pursue like the entertainment industry and show business and acting. And it was really weird because nobody really expected that from me because I never seemed like the type and I was never like in plays or theater or any type of performing thing. And so when I said I wanted to do that, everyone thought it was like, it was just a phase. And so mm -hmm. they're just like, ah, you're just going through a phase, you know, stay in school. <laughs> and uh, I was like, no, it's not a phase. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. And like, I have like ADD and stuff too. So my parents are just like, you're just being, ADD right now and all that and I was like no this is not a phase and so I did it and it was really hard but fast forward it's two years later since I've done that and things are going well and um you know like you said we met on set for a shoot for modeling and that was really cool and I met a lot of wonderful people doing that and that's like it's my job now you know that's how I pay all my bills and how I make a living while I keep on pursuing acting and so I can't really speak much about it but we were supposed to do this podcast yesterday but I couldn't because I had an important meeting um, but yes all I can really say about it is coming to a tv screen soon and so yes yeah, so oh my gosh hi <laughs> so, I'm so happy for you <laughs> thank you it's, it's been such a just a relief honestly because it's been just such a long process uh so it's it's just a relief wow. but yeah that's all i can say about it i really i can't wait to share more but once we get the green light to share it i'll be sharing it with you man so. i'm so happy for you i know what it's like to you know sign the nda where you can't say anything and you're like mm -hmm. <laughs> That's great. So the reason I have Kai on the podcast is because he told me on set uh, that he also has struggled with body image and whatnot. And so that's why I have you one. 
as an athlete, you had that pressure. Obviously, you did so, you did so many sports. I'm like, yes. wow, that's a lot. <laughs> and then now you're modeling. Um, I relate to you on that. I actually relate to you on a lot of levels because I also dropped out of school. I don't know if you know that. but um, Oh, I, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I dropped out um, my sophomore year, after my sophomore year of college. Oh, that was, that so. was just like me. Yeah. Right, there you go. That's when it hits you. The two years, you're like, man, I'm halfway through. Do I want to keep going? Or do I want to kick it? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, if you could talk about being an athlete, being in the industry, just sort of like talk about your body image and Mm -hmm. how that's sort of affected you and changed you. Yeah. So I actually have a whole story on how that started. Um, So I've always been like, I've had... OCD growing up um yeah I had my obsessions and my everything that had to do with that but that didn't really emerge and turn into like something that I was like oh my gosh like this is a problem until college and like beyond that um but anyways growing up I was I was like I said a year-round athlete and I never had to worry about anything that had to do with like oh you're you know you're not healthy in this way or that way because you need to exercise more or whatever you know because I was always moving always it was always a a sport it was always you know go to school and then after that practice and then on the weekend is filled with all your games and you know baseball football everything and so and I was just someone who just ate all the time and whatever, everything. I had no limits and nothing. And I was always just naturally, just the way my genetics were, it's like, you know, growing up, it's cool. And especially for guys, it's like, you want six pack abs and all that stuff. And so it was always just there for me naturally. You know, it's not like I had a goal and I was like, I want to have abs and be ripped. You know, it was just, Mm -hmm. it was just always there. And it was just kind of, it was just a part of me. And I remember people commenting on it. Like even as a kid, like I remember family members or friends or parents of friends and I was just like, okay, like, oh, okay, abs, like, all right, abs. You know, they used to call me that because it was just- They called you abs. Yeah, like it, was okay. just, it was just natural wow. because it's just, that's just what I look like. And so, but I thought nothing of it. And so, you know, growing up and going through college, same thing. It was always like that. But I didn't have any, I didn't have like the problems yet with the body image because it, I was just like, okay, I didn't think anything of it. But when I dropped out of college and I stopped that, so it was no longer waking up at 6 a.m. to go work out and then practice in the afternoon and all that. It When I dropped out of school and I wasn't doing that and I was, just focusing on my goals and my dreams and everything, I started to not notice me, you know, not living my same routine. And still, it's not a problem. I don't have any body image issues yet, because I'm not focusing on it. And then one day, I think it was like a year later after I dropped out, I I went home. So I was in LA, but then I went back home to Hawaii. Um, for like part of the summer, just to visit family and stuff. And I had friends and family tell me, oh, like, it was like a weird thing. It was like, oh, you, uh, I see you put on a few. Mm. <laughs> and so, but it was like, you know, they don't, 
I know they didn't mean it to cause a lot of problems with my body image, but, and I just never really noticed that, you know, I quote, put on a few, you know? And so I remember after I was told that by multiple people, I remember I looked in the mirror and I was like, huh, did I? I oh no. And then, then that's when it all really started because I was like, oh, I did, you know? Which is true, I was heavier, but it really, um, I didn't go about it in a healthy way. And I went down just a rabbit hole through it and just started to obsess over everything, over what I'm eating, how much I'm exercising, um, and everything. So that's when it started. That started last summer. So not this past summer, but um, summer of 2019. Oh man, it was ugly. It was bad. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, you know, restricting and exercising. And even though I already exercised for like two hours in the day already, it's like once I ate something, it's like, okay, now it's time to work it off, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. it was just a horrible cycle. And it's, you know, restricting obviously led to binging and overexercise led to just overworking my body and it was just it was obviously not healthy and it took a while for me to get to the point to where I am now which is a lot of definitely a healthier lifestyle with it let's say I'm going for a part or something that requires me to be athletic or something like that you know I'm it's totally fine and it's totally healthy to want to work out and eat right to um have a physical goal for your appearance for a certain part or something, you know, that's totally fine, but it's really important to have that good mental space because it can totally take you over. And when you start to get obsessive over it, it becomes very mentally draining. And Mm -hmm. then when you finally get to your end goal of like, okay, I'm looking a certain way and I'm that certain weight and I'm, I can see that muscle and that muscle and you kind of realize, man, that was a lot of hard work for me not even feeling that much better about myself. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah. so it's really important to have a good mental space and be just happy with yourself internally before before you even start to try and have like a physical goal for your appearance. I say this too. I think it's really important for everyone to individually like assess where they are. And for Mm -hmm. some people who have a super deep history of like disordered eating, that's like, you know, been crippling in their life. That is, you know, obviously they are going to have a different approach to exercise than somebody who is like, just maybe scratching the surface or just kind of like having some body image issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, regardless, I think it's important to like, you know, take a step back. And yeah, like you said, if you're ever feeling like obsessive, which I think a lot of people listening, you know, honestly are, then yeah, it's just really important to Mm -hmm. just evaluate on a personal level. It's crazy that you were like just coasting and living your life. And then as soon as you had the external factors, like people in your life tell you, oh, you've gained some weight, like that's when you noticed it. And that's when you obsessed like become obsessed mm-hmm. with it. That's like completely opposite yeah. of me. Um, like my body image issues is like super internal. And I definitely didn't see 
what was in front of me. I feel like mm-hmm. like I had body dysmorphia. Um, so it's really, that's really interesting. Um, but I think it's cool that you were able to see how you were taking that to an extreme level, like the exercise mm-hmm. and the restriction just within a year, you know, that's like really cool that you had that realization so early on because, you know, for me and for a lot of people, it takes like years and years and years to yeah, yeah. come to terms with it, you know, and to like, okay, I need to not do this anymore. I need to change my life. I need to get help, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. But it's not, um, it's not all there yet. So, you know, like I, I've came to terms with it and you know, I know, you know, I can kind of check myself, you know, when I'm, I'm starting to get, you know, obsessive over something, you know, I can, I can start to kind of start to challenge myself and challenge my thoughts of like, okay, you know, you're, you know, this is, this is an obsession and work through it, but it's still there. And it, it, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know this and the people listening, it's, it, it's not something that disappears um, completely. You know, it doesn't just, you don't just forget about it and okay, I'm cured. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's something that it's still there. You know, the thoughts are still there, but I'm fortunate enough to be at the point where I can, mm-hmm. I can kind of, I can recognize it and just work through it in, instead of uh, just wanting to go and run to work off all the calories or something. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, I had to make sure that if I'm running, it's because I want to run, you know, it's because right. I love running and I want to improve times and distance and things like that. I restricted so much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would restrict it and you, you can only have so much willpower. And so I was just restricting and restricting until finally it was like, oh my gosh, I want this. You know, I want mm-hmm. these chips or I want these cookies or donuts or whatever. And I would just go crazy it was crazy like it was just like i'd just be alone by myself just eating the whole absolutely whole family pack of chips all in one sitting the whole oreo pack with the three columns all in one sitting you know it's something like that just i was restricting so much and so (laughs) finally it comes to the point where it's like i can't take it and i just want it a lot of people don't I mean I don't know where I stand with this because I'm not not a professional but a lot of people don't actually believe that like binge eating disorder exists and instead it's like just a matter of restriction you know what I mean like you can't yeah, yeah. binge you you're not gonna binge eat unless you restrict which I I don't know you know everyone else's story mm-hmm. and I don't know personal like just personally I know my own you know, yeah. life. So for me, like that makes a lot of sense because I remember thinking, wow, I, I can't stop eating. It became like a routine. Like I, you know, it, it was very, like, it, it was just a huge fear of mine when I would be binging. Cause I struggled with binging and, and restricting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was binging and restricting, I'd be like, wow, I am obviously like obsessed with food and I'm meant to be, you know, XXXXX pounds but in mm-hmm. reality, all I needed to do was stop restricting in order for me to have control around food. And it's it's not even like control. It's just in order for me to – my body to trust me and to be able to just mm-hmm. eat as much as I want and feel my hunger cues and fullness cues. Like it takes a lot of work to get out of that binging mindset. Mm-hmm. 
because your your thoughts aren't clear when you're in it. Like you said, you're you're up at night, and man, like if anyone out there is listening who you know is like I'm thinking about counting my calories or starting to count, you know, their food or whatever, like that is extremely like addictive, and it's a very very dark hole. Yeah. I feel like you mm-hmm. get into. Um, so don't do it if you're out there thinking about you, it or tracking calories and stuff. It's it that's a complicated thing. It's yeah, it's it definitely that, yeah. doesn't. Yeah, it definitely like takes you away from being able to like listen to your body because mm-hmm. I don't think those go hand in hand. Like I don't think you can track your food to an extent while mm-hmm. also being intuitive. Um, yes. Yeah, for sure. I'm really grateful for you to have you on the show for so many reasons, but one of the reasons <laughs> is because you are a man mm-hmm. and it's really interesting when I, as a model open up like on set or just in my own life, I'll, a lot of women will resonate with me. And mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. not so much will men open up about having problems, but then I feel like when they do like either like another guy on set, like he'll be like, Oh, I do too. So it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, it seems like it's out there, but for, for men who identify as men, people identify as men and it's not getting talked about. So I would love your input on that. Like, do you feel like it's kind of, what, what is it like for you? Is, Is there any other guys that you know, or is it just like, this thing that is not talked about among men? Um, definitely. I mean, that's kind of like your classic thing, right? Like how, you know, men are not as open, you know, they don't want to share their feelings on it and things like that. It's, yeah, it's, it's there. It's definitely there. Um, a lot of men are, are going through this as well. Um, but yes, just like how you said, I mean, like, it's not really being talked about as much, you know, because there's this thing about, you know, they, a lot of guys don't want to be open with their feelings. You know, they, they want to, they want to just seem strong. You know, they don't want to seem like they're weak. And, you know, especially this for me, when I first like told people about my issues with this, I was kind of afraid too. I was like, I don't want them to think like, I'm, you know, my, my close friends, I don't want them to think that I'm some kind of like, weirdo with this body image views you know and but no it's just it's not being talked about as much um but i do personally know other men that do have issues like this yeah interesting i i know that a lot of uh people are not a lot of men are not getting the help that they need or deserve or what so on and so forth because of society, but it's really so true that yes, as women, I have a certain expectation from society of how I'm meant to look, but for men, they have that too. It's not like it's not there, you know, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's there for, for everyone. So it's a shame that I feel like the statistics say that like not as many men have body image issues or eating disorders because they do. I just don't think that maybe men feel like they can talk about it as much Mm -hmm. um, or open up to their friends or family about it. 
Yes, I, I agree 100%. I mean, it's, it's the same thing for women as well. You know, a huge one is just the internet and social media and things like that. And I find myself going through that now to this day. I mean, I, I'm on Instagram and, you know, Instagram, it sees what you always look at. And on my explore page, I'm always seeing like male bodybuilders, you know, because I'm really, I'm really into like fitness and things like that. It really makes me happy. So that's what pops up on my explore pages and stuff. And so I see just, you know, show ready men's physique bodybuilders, you know, on stage, like flexing and things like that and working out. And it's like, those guys are like, that's like the goal, you know, that's the goal. That's what you want to look like. And then you realize like, that is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I'll be scrolling and I've definitely like changed my feed. Um, A lot of people are like, Instagram is super toxic, but I feel like Instagram, like you said, the algorithm just it looks at what you are looking at and searching for. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people need to reevaluate like what they're looking at um, yeah. if they feel like they're triggered by it. But for me, I do follow like some fitness accounts and I used to follow tons of fitness accounts, like, you know, women doing like workouts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I really had to get out of that, you know, Instagram alg- algorithm. And I remember telling Rio I was like, man, I feel like I'm not working out enough. This is, you know, a couple years ago. It's like, I'm not working out enough. Like everyone I follow is working out six, seven days a week, you know, sometimes twice a day. It seems like they're working out super intensely. And he was like, yeah. that, that's not real life. Like look around you at the world. Like, do you think everyone's doing that? And you're not a fitness influencer. Like that's not your, that's not who you are. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, I'm not a fitness influencer. I'm not. That's just the reality of it. And so I think a lot of times, like, our minds can tell us that we're meant to do certain things that we see on social media, even in in terms of, like, fashion and having cool style and, like, having swag. It's like you, you log on and these people are posting a very ideal lifestyle that, you know, you want. But in at the end of the day, like, usually that's not our reality. So yes, um, it's really important to make that distinction. And mm-hmm. I've totally been there and I've definitely had to work on my feed. I feel like I have to reevaluate my feed like every month. <laughs> Cause I'm just <laughs> like, who do I want to follow? Who do I want to support? Who do I want to yeah. see like on a daily basis? Cause you're seeing these people on a daily basis pretty much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I get that yes. for sure. Like what are ways that you are, caring for yourself and like looking out for yourself in that way? Is there like anything applicable that you do that you would recommend to somebody? Like, let's say Mm -hmm. one of your friends is like, Hey, I'm struggling too. Yes. Um, What I do just kind of, kind of on an everyday basis is, um, you know, because the thought is always there, you know, whenever there's some kind of, I don't know, a delicious snack you know i have like a major sweet tooth i love all those things i love it and you know at my girlfriend's house or even my house or a friend's house or whatever or a get together that's what's there those things you know are just like you know someone brings over something good like a you know a box of donuts let's just use that and it's like as a example you know when you go to something like that it's always going to be there and so for me, there's always what I have to do is obviously not restrict, but 
when I'm there, I can healthily enjoy something that I love. You know, I don't need to go through my day and just say, no this, no that, no this, no that. I can enjoy it and I can eat it and I can love it, you know, and, and I do that. That's what I do when I have something like that. I enjoy every moment of it because that's what it's there for. It tastes good. Eat it. It tastes amazing. After I'm done with that, I can sit down and socialize with people that are there at that gathering or something. And I don't need to go overboard with it. I don't need to eat the whole box, you know, mm-hmm. but I can enjoy it and I have it and I allowed and I allowed myself to have it. And I can go amongst my day and say, yes, I had that donut that thing with you know so much so much sugar and so many calories and whatever and I can just say I did and I enjoyed it and that's that and we can move on mm-hmm. and so, so like giving I, yourself permission mm-hmm. basically yes exactly and I and I have to do that every day and that's something I do every day you're not going to be perfect and I like to say you're not going to bat a thousand if you're familiar with baseball that's just like yeah I don't know what that means <laughs> I actually love baseball baseball is like my favorite sport like regular yeah. sport <laughs> yeah. but I don't know what that means well batting a thousand means that you're batting um, perfect okay so so it just basically means you're not going to be perfect you're, you're not going to be perfect every single day and you're going to have you know harder days and you're going to have easier days you know give myself permission to have what I want um, because when you don't, you really, you, you're really giving something, a lot of power over you that you shouldn't be giving, you know, mm. I mean, it's, it's a dish, it's a food, you know, you, mm-hmm. it, that you don't want to give that power over you. That just becomes horrible. It really sucks. It really sucks thinking about what you ate like hours All later. The time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just like, it can be the next day and you're still thinking about the the three donuts you ate yesterday. You know, it's like, it's, it sucks. It's, it's mentally exhausting. And it comes to a point where you're just getting so stressed out about it that honestly, what's more unhealthy than like the sugar that you ate is <laughs> how much you're stressing over it. I know. Yeah. So um, yeah, just to answer your question, every day the things that I'm doing is the most important thing is just allowing myself giving myself permission to have what I want Mm. that's that's great that's so great and I think a lot of people listening will probably have a fear of doing that because they think that they're gonna not have the control to have like one or two or three or whatever Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you're not gonna get to a place where you have the hunger cues and fullness cues and like satiety cues Mm -hmm. to stop Mm -hmm. unless you take that plunge like and for a lot of people once they allow themselves to binge it can be really scary and not allow yourself to binge but allow yourself to enjoy food it takes time you know it might take a while of doing that and you might feel like you're eating more than other people or more than you're comfortable with but eventually your body and your mind will relearn how to trust you again because it's very, it gets used to having the binge restrict cycle. Yes, um, yes. So you need to give yourself time to 
figure that out. Like it's not, you know, it's not going to be an overnight thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And to speak on what you were saying about it, you know, your, your body image sort of always being there. There's a couple of things. I've said this before in like a few podcasts, but I'll say it again. Um, Somebody who I know who went through treatment, one of my friends in my personal life, she told me that her therapist told her that it actually takes on average seven years to like fully recover from diet culture and from body image and orthorexia, all that stuff, which is like Mm -hmm. so many years, like that's a long time. And I feel like people expect it to be, Oh, a couple months or tomorrow or something like really unrealistic. Yeah. I wish it was that fast. Oh yeah, (laughs) totally. It's, it's totally takes some, you know, it takes time. And also, Mm. I, um, in my treatment, I had a therapist tell me that she personally struggled with eating disorder stuff. So that's why she ended up becoming a therapist, which is like mm-hmm. very common. She feels fully recovered, but it does feel like a shadow in her life, which I think is a kind of an interesting way to think about it. And sometimes the shadow is there and she can, she can allow herself to step out of it, but that doesn't mean that it like doesn't kind of come into her life every once in a while. So yeah, it's just different for everyone. I I believe that it's possible to have like full recovery. That gives me a lot of hope, but for some people it can give them hope just to think like I might have this for a really long time, but I know that I can manage it on a day-to-day basis, which yes. is good. Mm-hmm. That's 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 where I'm at right now. Um, mm-hmm. I am confident that, you know, every day I can manage it. You know, the next day is a new day and you keep on, you know, you keep on, you keep on keeping on, <laughs> you keep on yeah. going. And I think it's amazing what you're doing and just really helping yeah. others, you know, and just letting people know that they're not alone with it and that there is hope. Like exactly what you just said. Um, there's other people, you know, going through similar things and there are people who, recover and there are people who get better and so everybody can you just have to um you know take the necessary steps and you're gonna get there mm. yeah that was so great I love that I know it's so cool that we have the internet now and I think like without it where would we all be I don't know because back back when I was struggling I was really young like when I developed my issues it was like before Mm -hmm. podcasts were like a thing and I would never have thought about going onto YouTube or Instagram and like well Instagram wasn't a thing either I would have never I didn't know where to go you know it's like what do you do so I'm really really grateful that we have the internet and podcasting and everything Mm -hmm. now where we can just talk about it and not feel so alone yes but I'm so confident in you Kai and I think you (laughs) You're doing amazing things. And just the fact that you were open to talking to me on set about this, I was like so excited because I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is like super in touch with his body and he's like really vulnerable. And that's like what the world needs. I mean, I think (laughs) for you, yeah, I think for you as a model, for me too, we have a responsibility that's more than just like being a face of Calvin Klein or whatever it is, obviously mm-hmm. I'm not the face of Calvin Klein, but we have more <laughs> than that. Uh, I think like we, we can be more than that. And if we yes. have that opportunity, it, take it, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm really grateful that you are like stepping into that 
space, at least in this way. And I'm excited Thank you for, for you. Thank you. Yeah. Is there, is there anything else you want to say before we close? Like you said a lot of great stuff, so no pressure, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say just, I mean, for the people listening who are struggling and, you know, they're, they're having a really hard time. Just know that um, I've been through some similar things and it does suck and it's a really scary place. And you may think that it's never going to get better, but just keep on taking it day by day. And in time, um, things do get better. You will get better. So just keep on staying strong. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you so much. Kai for being on the show and I will leave all of your information like your Instagram do you have any other channels you use I just use Instagram yes amazing (laughs) one-stop shop yeah I'll leave it down below you guys check them out I love your pictures they're so dreamy (laughs) makes me want to move to Hawaii like yesterday I'm dying to go back it's so nice there so I'm so sad to leave I have to leave soon but I'm enjoying it for now. What an amazing person. Thank you so much, Kai, for being on the show. And thank you all so much for listening. I just love you all. And I'm so grateful that you are on this journey with me. And please don't forget to leave a rating and a review if you'd like. And don't forget to subscribe. And I will see you guys on the next episode of Take the Cake. Bye, everyone.